Hello and welcome to the TT Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to one person from the world of the TT races to discuss their lives, their journeys, their ambitions and their relationship with the greatest motorsporting event in the world. I'm Chris Pritchard and alongside me is the handsome Steve Plater. Steve, we've got an even more handsome person coming on in the form of Paul Jordan shortly. Yeah, well he is now. Now he's healed up from his flipping black eyes from the TT. But yeah, now looking forward to it. You know, I want to say somebody that's up and coming and building their TT career, but he's a podium boy now. Yeah, and he went 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it. Today's guest on the TT podcast is still a relative newcomer to the event. With the cancellation of the TT in 2020 and 2021, it's only his fourth year of his TT career. Already in the 125 mile an hour club, he's got his sights set firmly on making it into the 130 mile an hour club next year. And at TT 2022, he made his debut onto the podium in the lightweight race. With talent like Paul Jordan's, the TT is what, Steve? I thought he was going to say me. No, the, listen, the fans have got all all the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, there is no word to describe you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll leave that one there. Thank you. But with Paul's talent, the TT has got a bright future. Paul, welcome to the TT podcast. You all right? Yeah, yeah I'm good. Thank you very much. Yourselves? Yeah, really. Listen, don't do... So, TT Fan Park. We, they come off the podium. Obviously, he's on the podium with Lee, right? Lee you Johnson. know what I'm going to say. Lee Johnson. Yeah. Lee Johnson. First thing he says, Lee says, Paul won't shut up on the videos. Paul won't shut up on the YouTube channel. I put a microphone in him. I get like one word. I don't put it in him. Sorry. I put it near his face, <laughs> the microphone. And I, and, I, and I get one word answers. Do not be like that today. I'll try not to. Promise. Yeah, I promise. Good. Right. Let's get on to the first question. First question we ask everybody is you're rolling through, in, through no man's land. You get to the gantry. The guy drops his hand on your shoulder. What thoughts are going through your head in those in those moments? Um, it's really you know to be fair, you're basically shitting yourself. You know, it's it's yeah. and just trying to ask yourself if you're ready and if you prepared yourself, you know, properly for it. And after that, it's just it's down to me and the bike, and that's just it. Just off we go. A little bit too late to be asking yourself if you're prepared right at that moment, though, don't you think? Just, just a tad, like, but sure. <laughs> if you remember something, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the gas on, gas on in the. No, it's just, just, I'm sure everybody's gets the same sort of thing. You, the, your emotions are really high, and you just want to get going. Like, is there a difference between that little bit of no man's land and kind of the five minutes before when you sat on the grid? Aye. Do you find the nerves are worse? No, it's, it's far better. I'm on my own. Don't have some way yerping in my ear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you okay? Best of luck, or tap me in the shoulder, or whatever. It, it just. I just like been left alone and I don't really like the talking beforehand because I do get quite nervous and just like just been left alone. Whereas I know other people like to be talked, get speaking and try and take the nerves off the thing. Whereas I start thinking about it, especially when you you feel like you've got a chance of winning something or, you know, having a good shot. I just take myself in knots like. Yeah. What about Steve? What about you? I don't know if we've, if I've asked that question, like when you went into no man's land, did you feel a difference? Did everything uh, calm down a little bit and... I think I was a little bit different to other people anyway. You're obviously, well, you are. of course you're nervous. Everybody is. I don't believe anyone that says they're not. No, definitely. You need to be on your toes. Yeah. And being nervous keeps you on your toes. Um, but for me, I'm probably a little bit different to everybody else. I was more, more, I suppose, relaxed to talk to people. And But I was very one-track minded, you know, was purely to try and get a result. So he's kind of, I think really, you know, if I was sat there answering that, I'd be thinking about everything like, 
uh, St Ninian's Brayhill, that was my first. Just going through everything in my head to make sure I got off the line. Didn't burn a clutch, didn't wheelie, didn't got going, got through. Hated Brayhill, so yeah, that was my mindset. And then obviously being careful of the cold tire, cooler tires, should I say, uh, down to you know Quarter Bridge and so on. And then because um, I never used to relax till I got to Union Mills, you know, yeah. three miles out. Oh yeah, it'd be the same coming up top of Crockett Valley. I'd be like, all right, now I can breathe. Yep. You know, and yeah. you don't realise you're not doing it. Literally holding your breath. Oh, just you, like you're tense and. Like, probably the same and not just here other other you know long especially endurance races but all dry mouth you, oh you're cotton mouth breathing yeah you can honestly you, your, your tongue stuck to stuck to inside oh, it is oh yeah definitely dry yeah so that's so that's the other thing when breathe breathe normally breathe. when we speak to people they'll say as soon as i've let the clutch out all those nerves and all those kind of thoughts go out of your head but then you're still saying that you're not relaxing until you get to union Mills i always area. find like well what i've noticed over like my tt career what i've done is after the first lap then I start to go. Yeah, yeah. As you know, like the first lap, you feel like you're you're busting your balls off the trampoline, good, but it's actually the worst, you know. And I always feel like after I get going and just settle down, and it starts to come back to me. Like whereas first lap, I'm always not cautious as such, but I just like to get my get my bearings before I start going. Like yeah. So debut in 2017, but you've been racing bikes for years before that. Yeah. Was... All the way back to the start. Take us right back there. Take us. 2006, I think I started my 125 career in Irish Championship back just in Northern Ireland. And it was just basically for a bit of fun. Never thought anything would ever come off it, obviously, from being from Northern Ireland and being Irish. You know, road racing was always a passion. Had my love for it, watching the likes of Joey, Richard Britton, Darren Lindsay. You know, I never thought that to this day I'd ever be at the position I am now. And so I just started doing Irish short circuits. and. 2007 is really where it started to go a bit more further where in 2008 uh, Mark Keane from KRP and British Championship he approached me and I went to British Championship and I don't know I pulled something out of my hat the first ever British Championship race I'd done I, I won it on the 125 yeah first never been to any of the circuits just turned up and won the race what circuit was it? Thruxton oh my god so that well my first BSB race was going to be uh, Brands Hatch but then it was it snowed that year Ah yeah, and mm-hmm. then obviously I had to get a second run at, which was obviously it was at Thruxton, so I won that. That was my first ever British Championship race. Yeah, two thousand eight. So how many how many actual circuits are there in in Northern Ireland then? How many circuit races? <laughs> like two or three, or yeah, well you could say three. Right. So you've got Kirkstown, Bishop's Court. Oh, four, sorry, uh, Nuts Corner, and then you've got the old famous Akadui. Akadui. what? Where's that? In the middle of nowhere. How is it? Oh, a shite house corner and everything in it. And that's actually the name <laughs> of a corner. That's not me having you all. So, yeah, I've raced there a few times when I first started. And yeah. And then you obviously came over to the to the mainland. So when you started your career, like you say, you can't not grow up in Northern Ireland without having an eye on the roads. But did you think you wanted to go and do the, the circuit racing, then come back to the roads? Or in, did you want to stay away from the roads? No, not at all. It just at the end of the day, it's, it's something I always was passionate about and mm-hmm. you have a love for it. So that's why I wanted to do it. At the end of the day, when you see your heroes doing something, you you, you want to do what they're doing. And what it was, was, your, was your mindset to start racing and have a go? Or no, it was, just have, it was just a bit of fun. Yeah. You know, I never thought I would ever get to where I am now with mm-hmm. all the talent that I have, you know, and, you know, I'm thankful for all the opportunities I've got and got to where I am now. But once... I think it was two. It was 2010. I'd done British Supersport, and Paul had contacted me about coming doing 
the TT. So I come over, I think it was me, Billy McConnell, Glenn Richards, Brooksy was there that year. And we all came around. And it wasn't until I went home and I realised, I was only 18, and I said to myself, nah, I'm not ready yet. I thought it was just too immature and I would just do something ridiculously stupid because at that stage I was hungry for the short circuits and I thought I'd just go out and do something daft and could end up hurting myself. So I th- thought it would take take a did few you years. Had, did you have um, an outside influence with those thoughts or was that just because it's no, quite it was just, a it was, very yeah. adult? No, I was just, like, I, I was doing a bit of crashing in yeah, British yeah. Super Sports. So yeah. I just said to myself, like, I need to not <laughs> be crashing and that's why I didn't do it. Yeah. And then obviously um, my late friend William Delap, obviously he was, he got me into doing roads because I took a step away from British Championship and then he built me a 125 and that's when I started my 125 debut in the roads and it's just all sort of accelerated from there. So then you made your TT debut 2017. So so how how was it learning the course for the TT compared to like those um, those shorter circuits over in, in, in Ireland? When I, when I first went to British Championship, just for example, I didn't really do much on boards. I just sort of went and walked or cycled the track and I felt like I learned the tracks a lot, like I learned them fast. So I sort of just took the same approach to the TT. I was watching loads of on boards. So so, walk, mate. Yeah, I was like, I was like watching all the on boards and playing the computer game. And I actually cycled the track and I thought that was probably the most beneficial thing I did do. Because really? instead of driving around in the car, you could just get lost in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, the radio could be on your phone, sitting beside you. Whereas in the bicycle, you're going to things a lot slower, so you can actually take in the infrastructure around you. Yeah. And you then, whenever you watch the onboards, you can actually, oh, I know where I am now. Yeah. And that's how I approached it. Like, I wasn't one of these ones to go and do 500 laps in a car, like, because it just, it would just bore the, bore the life out of me. Like. So, how, so take us through that kind of like, I guess, newcomer regime or test or exam or however you, you want to put it with Milky and, and Barty. So. Yeah, well, well, the things with it, with what Milky was teaching me, incredible man to teach you mm-hmm. but some of the things he was telling me I just felt was a bit too advanced for me you know I wasn't things he was telling me he was telling me 130 mile an hour lap where I knew myself that wasn't possible yeah. my first year so I was just sort of taking the things in that I knew that were going to be relevant to myself and that's how I tried to just take my approach to it and just just learn it in a beginner's way instead of like going trying to run before I could walk like mm-hmm. so but but then how do they go about teaching you? So he he teaches you that at 130 mile an hour or whatever. Then he's what he says, go away, do that oh, yeah, homework so yourself. So like, I'm sure with the way Milky would do it, like he's asked he asks us questions like what's coming next or what are you looking for here. Whereas then the next time we come, he'd ask the same question and you're fit to rhyme it off to him. And that's yeah. where he was starting. Then that's when you knew yourself. You're starting to take the knowledge. Yeah, in. yeah. Um, whereas the start, the, f- the first couple of times you come over, he's just taking you around. You sit there and just listen. Yeah, yeah. You know and. There's no point in him trying to ask you the first couple of times, oh, what's coming like? Because you didn't have a clue. You were just taking a stab in the dark, like, and then by the luck of the gods, you were like, oh, yeah, this, and they're like, oh, you're right. And you're like, huh, I guess yeah, that yeah. one, like, so that's how I just went about it. Was that the same? Was that, how, like, how did it work for you then, Steve? Um, they weren't around then. Yeah. Were they? No, I was invited over and did, did a couple of laps with Milky, and then, but I just, I wanted to do my own thing, really. Mm-hmm. I'm a really, I was, I'm a really quick learner anyway. Um, but I had my own way of working and, you know, which may be right, may be wrong, but just kind of uh, my own way of absorbing all the information. And some of it was driving around in the car, certainly wasn't riding a motorbike. Um, because uh, obviously the roads are open, you know, it's, yeah. so it's, it's a busy place. And then circulating in the car, walking certain sections, if it didn't understand it, I couldn't get my head around it, walking it, walking it backwards as well. And just, yeah, so I spent quite a few times. Walking in. it backwards? Yeah. Walking backwards? Yeah. 
walking no, walking backwards, backwards looking, <laughs> so I got looking to, at the section yeah. backwards so yeah. walking towards the oncoming in point yeah 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 so I could look through uh, like a, the exit of a corner through the apex so I could see the tipping in point well like even this year with me and yourself and me done a lap you know that was something I never really took much notice of was actually reading the actual road where we were coming up to the ginger hall section where yeah. we stopped and the, the camera in the road and everything was like, how much it actually went off where you, I, to me I wasn't really looking at that it was just silly wee things that got actually helped. Like I thought you would have though. Being if if you'd done a bit of cycling, like you're always. But I'm on the, I was on the left hand side of the road. You know, I'm not on so. that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, racing lane. So you're sort of not seeing that. Say, I yeah. just more taking in the infrastructure of what was around me. Mm-hmm. So like the the the, the houses and, and yeah. When you're learning, there's so much information. First of all, you've got to get it get at ease with the corner. Mm-hmm. Know what's coming next because you've got to be two steps. Yeah, of course you. So it's really hard to concentrate on that point when you need to be really thinking about two corners ahead. Yeah. So, so do you, do you, do you feel like you're close to to knowing it? Oh, I know where I'm going. I just know there's places where I'm shutting off where I shouldn't be shutting yeah, off. That, and yeah. And it's just. Uh, so I'm, how far do you feel like you're away from that? Like point on a six the... on, a, on the six hundred and the super twin, like I, I'm comfortable. You know, I feel like I'm not scared to push on a bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas just at the minute with the big bag, I'm just I'm just that bit behind. I just you, haven't. You probably realise you're talking to a wannabe racer, and he's kind of half thinking about. Has he got something? He's recording me in his pocket, is he? <laughs> we did, we, we have, we've discussed this. If my mum had let me race a TT, I'd go and race a TT. <laughs> I remember when I was 17 too. I turned 18, <laughs> done what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you remember my mum? She's Scottish. She's terrifying. She says, "No, that's it. It's that's it done." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So 2017, you, you start. Yeah, was, how, how explain that to me oh it was great I got a lift in the air ambulance oh, that one yeah that one there coming to pick you up again Played myself into Glen Helm Wall and the Super 10 lost the front just coming out of it head up towards Sarah's straight just lost the front and I thought I was going to pull myself out of it just pinned it just went boom straight into the wall the lad behind me is that where Herbertson crashed this year same place was he on the um, on the exit up the hill He's like with the big cafe on the yeah, right hand side yeah that's me just, yeah 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 I plowed in there, but then when I hit the bale, I bounced out, and then a lad just thought it would be a great idea to drive over me. Super twin? Yeah. All right. Good job it wasn't the big bike then. So, yeah, he just drove over me, and whatever way I twisted myself. How the doctor explained it was that whenever he, because he hit me and I twisted, mm-hmm. something to do with my muscles spasmed, and I saw I lost all feeling on my legs. Did you? Well, I did. I was lying there. I can remember it lying, in, lying in towards a blue bale, holding on to a bit of bale and rope. I just said, oh. I said, job's done. <laughs> you know, like, what do you do? You just have to accept it. No point sitting there dwelling on the job. You know, you well, put yourself yeah. in the situation. Yeah, but I suppose, yeah. Then got myself to hospital. That's worrying, though. How long before the thing? Two hours sitting there. Two, to be, just around that. And then obviously Lee spat himself off at Greba Castle. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And they got That's me, right, yeah. they got myself, I got myself <laughs> out. And then I went and seen him. Him lying there, absolutely morphine, obviously, had Kaffir in him, the whole job. Picks up his phone, rung Kathy from the island here, this physio, organised the whole thing. Him lying there, absolutely. It's when he had his big one as well. Oh, yeah. Lying there, couldn't he say his name? Mm-hmm. Him trying to lift the phone, trying to organise to get me fit to go racing again. It's mental. <laughs> so that that so my seventeen, I sort of ripped it off because mm-hmm. I wasn't fit at all. Like when, when I was riding the bike, I was just sitting on it. I wasn't fit to hang off. I wasn't. I just was circulating to do laps. That was it. But there was no there was no intentions of kind of going ah, no it's no not at all this is not the job for me no you, you were you were bitten by the bug and you wanted to that was it, you sure. wanted to see how far you could yeah. go so, and and from that moment did you feel like you didn't really want a career in in the circuit racing with 
were you not bothered about that? Are you still bothered about that? Or do you use it as like most TT riders do, just to keep um, you? Don't get me wrong, I'd love to be back in British Championship. It's just, yeah. uh, you need a big sponsor paying you nowadays and it's, it's, it's a lot of money. Whereas you come here, you can enjoy yourself. It's a lot more better atmosphere. It's I just enjoy road racing. It's just, the paddock is completely different to what a British paddock is now. And I, I like that. Yeah. So I don't mind going and doing the odd race here and there, but my main aim is to be here. Like My name is to... Uh, yeah, put my name on that trophy behind you. One day. Yeah. So f- from 17 to 18? 18, I went with, I went, I, I was. Same team again? No, I was on my own. I was with, I went, just run my own team. Right. In 18 and I rode a bike for a fella from the Isle of Man's TC racing boy called Mike. Can't remember his second name, but his name's Mike. So it his stalker, which was absolutely perfect for me because it was just put fuel in it off a go. Saved my own 600, just parked her in the corner for when I had to go and mm-hmm. ride it. And that was really it. That was the only thing I'd done. And I'd, I went faster. What, the thing I benefited from 17 to 18 was there were three, three newcomers that we went with. I came away from 17 as the third, obviously the slowest newcomer. But once we left 18, I was the quickest out of the three of us. So I made that bigger jump than they did. Who were the other two? There was Adam McLean and Joey Thompson. Right. I was ahead of both of them after 18 so mm-hmm. I'd seen that you know the progression was coming yeah um so I was happy with that so and you know and then obviously went into 19 and had a really good 19 to be fair yeah what um what was the toughest part for you on the learning curve for the for the TT course the mountain it wasn't at, it was 2019 was when the mountain I remember like it was just it was just like something just clicked in me yeah and I remember going over the mountain I was riding this that single cylinder AJS uh 350. This is classic. This is TT. classic TT 19. Yeah. That's when it just clicked. And I remember just going over it and coming off. And then I went and jumped on the 750 and I went over it and I just goes, that was incredible. And you just knew it just, everything just was just from point to point. There was no 50p and there was no nothing. It just, I knew everything that was coming ahead of me and it was brilliant. And that's, that was the one time I felt, right, I've now I have an idea where I'm going like. And then I started pushing on. So I guess for you then, it's a it's a bit of a shame of what, obviously it was a shame for everybody, the pandemic and it getting cancelled, but you did, you felt like you were starting to get on a bit of yeah, a roll with it. Yeah, I definitely felt like the momentum was starting to come, whereas like we done, we went on at the TT, I think at the coming where I ended up in the super sport, but we had a bit of a problem with the big bike. I went and done all my tests and prior to the TT on a Kawasaki, there was a 19, I think it was, no, sorry, it was a 16 or 17 bike. And then I turned up at the TT and the team thought it would be a great idea to give me a brand new bike that I'd never rode before. So yeah. it wasn't really, it wasn't relevant. So I just was riding something that I'd never rode before. So it was a whole two weeks of trying to get used to something that I hadn't been on. Mm-hmm. Whereas we would left the Northwest on a bike that I was really comfortable. I was running top 10 on the super bike, super stock. You know, we'd ran it, we'd done the Instagram pre in 18. I'd done 131 mile an hour on it. So like I knew the bike. I was comfortable on it and I felt like coming to the TT I was going to do something half decent, not in a good up, place yeah yep. and then that was through the window and handed something else in the 600 we uh, we had a good run in it and then obviously with the Super Twin I, I didn't do a bad job in it just obviously it was a two I think it was, it was two lap race in 19 wasn't it yeah yeah and that was that five, was the five year of the five yeah, yeah. Five uh, and to be honest I think I should have had a podium on the ninth that year as well well I should have had my first put in there in 19, like, but obviously the race cut short. So how much of an influence, and he's going to listen to this, so you tell me, answer it how you want. 
how much of an influence is, is, is the likes of Lee Johnson? Because obviously you're really good friends. How much is, of him has helped you get up to speed? Um, to be honest, I don't really speak much about bikes. Really? No, but like if I have a problem or have something I want to speak about, he 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 helps me. Mm -hmm. Like you know, he's he's a mate at the end of the day, and he he just sometimes sort of tells me to calm down. Like I always wanted more than you know. Like he, for example, being here, I'd I'd ride everything. You know, if there was yeah, yeah. four bikes set out in front of me, I'll I'll ride them. And he's like, oh, he says I just want to ride the one bike, and you're looking to ride everything. You know, and I was like, I just want to keep progressing. I I, I want to be where they are. That's that's the, that's the goal. Like and yeah. And I'm I'm gonna fight for it, chase for it. Like that's this is why I'm here to do it. Well, that's it. What's really exciting about because you've kind of got not necessarily two leagues, but you've got the the guys that are on the factory bikes, obviously the Honda, the factory Honda. Then you've got like a glut of of privateers like yourself, uh, Jamie Coward and Dom Herbertson, all kind of there or thereabouts, ready to to step up. How much better do you feel you'd go on that machinery that that those boys are on? Do you think it's it? To be honest, I don't think I would do anything. But no, the, the results would be the same. I think there's more to come from me than there is in more yeah. like, well, you know, that, yeah. that, that's Just look at Lee. Lee went to factory team and his results were down. Went back, uh, backwards. You yeah. know, it's, it's all about the people you have around you and make you happy. And as I say, a happy rider is a fast rider. And it's just having confidence and trust in the people working around you. And to me, that's a massive part of it. You know, it's, it's a huge part of any race. Especially just, road racing. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. then the day, I know who's working on my bike. I don't have to ever doubt a thing they're doing. I can just concentrate on the job at hand. And once the job's done, we can have a bit of fun, go and have a beer, chill out, and be like a part of a family. And that's mm -hmm. that's that's the environment I like. Yeah. So you feel like you're progressing, and you moved into Prez, yeah, racing for for TT twenty twenty two. So how was that set up like? It's been brilliant. It, yeah. As the years got on, it's been it's getting better and better. It's mm -hmm. John's incredible. You know, if I want something, if I wanted. Pink handlebars, she'll give me pink handlebars. It's, there's there's never a question mark on anything I want, which is it's a really big part of it as well. Like, Just tell us a little bit about the team, because I don't know very much about that setup. You know, it looks great. Yeah. You know, very presentable. So, and, and but just, John just, and Sandra, they're from the island. They're actually from Port St. Mary. His wife had a bit of an interest in motorbikes, and it's just sort of progressed from that. They done, do you remember there's Jamie Road for, Jamie Card Road for the, is it Redcliffe? That's right. Redcliffe. Well, that's the one. Redcliffe. Yep. Well, John was a part of that, and then that obviously went two ways. And then John went and ran his own sh ran his own show, and then Jamie was with him. And then from Jamie, I've went there, and uh, Paul Thompson, Tomo yep. was with Leon Haslam, um, back in British. Then you've got Plod, he's a Manx GP rider. Or Plod, yeah, his name's Stephen Bailey, I think. I don't know, I don't, his name was my name is Plod. Why is he called Plod? I don't know. I've never <laughs> actually asked him that. And then. So he does the Manx, and then I've got a fellow I brought with me, Rob Alton. He's from the island. He rode, what I right in saying, the year that Dar Lindsay and Richard Britton became newcomers at the class, at the Manx. Yeah. He was riding a steely that year as well. Yeah. So he, I, th I think he's done, done a pretty handy job. I think he's done like 113 mile an hour, yeah, 114 yeah. right here on a steely. So like, he's tramping on. That's some, that's some going. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't want to be honest. Um, so I brought him along with me, and you know everybody works well. They, they just get on with it, and yeah. you know the, the bikes are always in mint condition, and I'm just happy. I'm happy where I am at the moment. Mega. So you came up into TT 2022. What were your expectations of coming into that? Obviously, we'd had two years off. Did you feel like you were you were going to be kind of further down the field, or did you think that I, everyone's in the same boat, so you should be there or thereabouts in the same um, place? No, I, I sort of was quite nervous about where I was going to be because 
the momentum was with me from 18 and then mm -hmm. I came in the 19 and then it was just all going and then once it go you know you know yourself once the momentum just, it just keeps rolling yeah. and then it just stopped and then everybody was obviously doing British Championship where I was doing nothing I was literally sitting at home working and I was riding motocross bikes but it's not the same I know it's mm -mm. turn the throttle and whatnot, but it's just not the same as riding around the likes of here or any circuit or just doing all the motions so it was a bit nervous and then as it, obviously as the weeks went on it just started getting better better it was once I think it was like this before the Northwest was where I was a bit nervous about what was going on or how far I was going to get and it was the 600 race I think it was the, I had the 600 race on the Saturday at the Northwest was when it clicked for me I knew I was like right I'm going I overshot and I think I was like I think it was 17th or 18th but the leading group was miles ahead of me mm -hmm. and I was like I'm never catching this like and then I just started creeping back, creeping back. And I was like, geez, I'm catching these guys. And I think we ended up sixth or seventh or something, but I should have been top five, no problem. And mm -hmm. I was on the same pace what Lee, Dean and Michael were doing, like, and, and Davey. So I knew I had yeah. the pace. I just knew, that, but nobody obviously seen it because they weren't looking down that far yeah, down yeah. the results. And I just knew coming to the TT, it was in a good place. Like. Yeah. And then obviously with the Super Twin, we had a second, well, third, two thirds on it. Was it two thirds? Third. Of the Northwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said third, and then obviously somebody got put off the podium and like put up more spot. But <laughs> yeah, I knew it was a good place for the twin, like, and obviously that was. When, you know, at the moment on your uh, your level, obviously you're chipping away and getting faster and faster and first podium, of course. But um, <clears throat> what's your favourite bike to ride around a TT course at the moment? 600. Bloody love By it. far, or? Oh, I, the twin, I do get me wrong, I love the twin. You can yeah. ride it hard, you know, because it's not as fast, but you still have to bloody ride them hard. But I really want just to click with the big bike. I know I can ride one. You know, that's this is the bit that's annoying me because I didn't to do. I've always I said I've done the 131 mile an hour lap around the, the Ulster, and that there's not only not many people have done that either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know I can do it. I just need to get that comfort zone and just be on one nonstop just to feel. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. You know, obviously that's a mileage thing as well. Yeah. You know, you need to be on the same bike. Yeah, and that's um, preferably as much as possible pre yeah. pre event. And then obviously if I ride a big bike, it'll help me with the six hundred as well because yeah. it just makes yeah. it feel like an armchair. You know, it's it's never easy. Never easy. That's why they do it and I don't. Let's wrap <laughs> this part up, and we'll join Paul in part two when Paul's going to tell us all about getting hit by a bird. A few, a few in his day. <laughs> The, the, the flying Not time. big ones, but not big ones. <laughs> Join us for part two with Paul Jordan. <laughs>